This is Kingdom Faith, where we focus on the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On this week's episode, I have Pastor Philip Jones, and he's going to tell us about his pastoring journey. And that's the title of this episode, a, a pastor's journey. And I can imagine all pastors have very different journeys. Um, just the pastors I've got to talk with, you and Jimmy and, and so on and so yep. forth. Um, your journeys are very different. Um, and they're filled with lots of good things, a lot, lots of negative things in certain areas. But um, you could probably say it's, it's one of the best blessings to have. Um, to, to pursue the calling that God placed on your life, whether that's pastor or, or so on and so forth, or anybody serving in any type of ministry. Um, but those are the things we're going to talk about uh, on this episode. Phil, how's your week been going? Pretty good. Great-grandchildren have been gone to Ohio, so it's yeah. been very quiet. <laughs> but uh, they came back today, so that all nice. changed about 1 nice. o'clock. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. Um, not too much besides working at the men's house mm -hmm. and part of the church, but good week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Phil, why don't we just get started here? Just tell me about how you got started in pastoring, how old you were, you know, so on and so forth. I was thinking about that yesterday and a verse came back to my mind several times. And so I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it, Yeah, will carry it out. Um, I would say primarily that's talking about our salvation, but I think it does have secondary application yeah. to everything else that happens in our Christian lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess that would be sort of a, of a blanket verse for my life and ministry. I would say... Probably the calling to ministry was there longer than I even realize it. Um, my dad was a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, he drafted me into being his song leader when I was in ninth grade. And I mean drafted. Yeah. He uh, One Sunday morning, he said, okay, you're a freshman in high school. You're leading the songs. And that was it because you didn't disagree with him. Um, but the actual call to ministry, I think probably in my second year at a small Christian college up in Northern Minnesota, I remember it almost like it was yesterday. Uh, we had a missions conference, which they did every year. Mm -hmm. And one of the speakers was from, I believe, Greater Europe Mission. And he was talking about how all of the students needed to, to consider what God's will was for our lives. And we, we all needed to hear it. But I remember his illustration pretty vividly. He said, um, desiring to do God's will is like taking a blank check and signing it and giving it back to God and saying, okay, you fill it in. Mm. And... Um, Having grown up as a preacher's kid, I'd heard all kinds of sermons, but that one really stuck in my head. And I don't know if it's still there or not, but I can remember that afternoon taking a walk out in the woods, of which there are a lot of them in northern yeah. Minnesota, 
And I sat under this great big tree and I thought about that blank check. Hmm. And I still remember arguing with myself, do I sign it or don't I sign it? Because hmm. I went to Bible school uh, purely to satisfy my parents yeah. who said, we want you to go one year of Bible school and then you can decide whatever. Well, I did go back for my second year, so I was there. And um, then I remember saying, man, I do want to do God's will, except I do not want to be a preacher. Mm -hmm. So I signed my blank check, and I filled in the blank as, uh, yeah, I will go into ministry, but I will be a an assistant pastor, associate pastor, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that'll be my whole life because, you know, I I can help another pastor and he can take the heat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah. So from then on, uh, there was more schooling. Uh, after my third year in that small Christian college, Pat and I got married. Uh, by then, I had already been accepted in a different Bible college. And then after that, there was seminary. But um, never will forget, you know, God's will is like signing a blank check, mm -hmm. letting him fill it in. Yeah, that's powerful. It really is. Yeah. Uh, even more so now than a couple of years ago when I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, 50 plus? Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't realize all that that would entail um, over the next close to 50 years. Um, but I decided to uh, follow a ministry path um, with the reservation. I would not become the pastor of a church. Um, and God put up with that for probably the next 11 or 12 years. Um, my first two churches where I served were where I was uh, an assistant, mainly doing Christian education, some youth ministry, uh, bus ministry, visitation ministry, whatever an assistant pastor does. Yeah. Uh, whatever the pastor didn't want to do, that's what I did. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was in, involving a lot of ministry, which was great. But in my second church, um, the senior pastor resigned after just maybe a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the church board asked me to fill in preaching unless they had somebody else they wanted to bring in for a given Sunday or whatever. And so I started doing a lot of preaching. Mm -hmm. um, let's just say that church was a very patient church. <laughs> um, but then they called a the new pastor. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't preaching every Sunday anymore. And for the next eight months, 
the Lord and I had a little tug of war. Yeah. Um, I missed preaching. Yeah. I didn't think I would, but. Well, what, what was it like to go from, you know, being that? How many times did you preach when the, the first pastor was there at that church? Um, almost none. He oh. would give, he would say, hey, next Sunday night, why don't you preach? Okay. Or something like that. And then you went to preaching every, every Sunday. Twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a huge difference. Then the new pastor came. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say that um, there were people in the church who thought that I should have been considered for becoming pastor. That probably would have been a disaster because I was 27, 28 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah, same age as uh, me, and I can't imagine taking the church. And it would have been following someone who had been the pastor for like 16 years, Mm -hmm. grew it from 100 people to 600, but still, you know, human ego, I guess, you know, I had in the back of my mind, I had thought, well, maybe, Um, but then the board decided that wasn't the way they were going to go, and you know, the Lord used that. And um, and then in, let's see, the fall of 1979, I accepted my first church as the pastor. How old were you then? 21, no, about 30, 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was in Jackson, Michigan. And um, I was there almost six years. And learned a lot about pastoring and preaching and working with people. And then I went back to being an assistant again in a a larger church. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a combination of teaching in the Christian school that was operated by the church and then being the associate pastor. Um, My Sunday school class in that church was as big as my previous church period when Mm -hmm. I went there. So um, that was a good ministry. Um, Difficult. Uh, The senior pastor I worked under was not the easiest person in the world to serve under, Mm -hmm. but it was a good ministry. I love teaching in the Christian school. Mm -hmm. I taught Bible. Um, Probably the hardest subject to teach in a Christian school. Because they're all from churches and think they know everything. Yeah. Just like I did when I was their age. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then after almost three years, uh, the Lord led back to another senior pastor role. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he who calls you. Who also will do it or will accomplish it. Mm-hmm. And it's all God's work. Did you ever picture yourself like that was how it was going to go? So you said that you, you signed that check and you basically wrote it in that, God, I'll be the assistant pastor. <laughs> yeah. I'll work under. But did you really think that there would be those moments where you'd be lead pastor, then back to assistant pastor? No, not or, really. Yeah. Um, I guess I thought when I made the move to being the pastor of a church, 
that that would be what I would do. Mm -hmm. And that was a tough, the tough move to make. Um, I had a good friend who was uh, in state leadership in our association of churches. And after uh, a couple months of the new pastor coming in, I just got this huge uh, thing going on in my head that this was not going to work. Yeah, We were very different. Um, and so I wrote my friend and I said, hey, I'm not sure this is going to work out. Um, feel free to put my name out if you know of churches that are looking for an assistant or a church looking for a pastor. Cover both bases. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he wrote me back and said, I can't do that. Mm. You got to tell me what God wants you to do. Yeah. Because if I put your name into a church as pastor, and then you tell them, no, nah, I think I'll stay as an assistant, then that makes me look bad. Yeah. So for a few months, I spent a lot of time praying and considering and then said, okay, I'm going to, going to be a pastor mm -hmm. so yeah good question yeah it, it was not an easy thing no i can um, imagine because i mean some people who are listening to this have heard me preach and they probably already are well aware of the fact that i never took a preaching class yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we could talk about that sometime too yeah but um yeah that's when i made the big change from being an assistant to becoming the pastor of the mm -hmm. church. One of my seminary professors was in the area and found out that I had accepted a church and he said, oh, now you've become a real pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, there's more truth to that than fiction. But mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, then I went to the church where the difficulty came. Yeah one of those uh, bump in the road. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just briefly things. talk about that? Um, while I was at that church for 12 and a half years, mm -hmm. um, I would say it was a church that is an illustration of, of Romans 8, 28. In all things, God works together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. I think that includes... Good stuff and bad stuff and yeah. hard stuff and really hard stuff. Yeah. Um, without going into any details, uh, it just became apparent after a couple years of some real hard struggles within the church and in my own mind that uh, my wife and I decided that the best thing for us to do was to just resign. Yeah. So I did. Um, didn't want to be a pastor anymore. Yeah. Um, so I got into real estate mm -hmm. and was still driving school bus twice a day and thought that was pretty cool. And uh, then about six months after I resigned, some people came to me and said, hey, we think we ought to start a new church. Mm -hmm. Will you do it? And I said, no, I can't. 
But if you do, and you want me to be your pastor, I would consider it. So that's what happened. And um, for the next three years, I was tri-vocational. I yeah. was pastoring a small church, driving school bus, and doing real estate. So yeah. that was an interesting experience, to say the least. Um, and after we started the new church, about two years later, um, an opportunity presented itself. It was God doing it. But there was a small church out in the country that uh, hadn't had their own pastor for a long time because of finances and other things. Yeah. And so long story short, we put the two small churches together and had a little bit bigger small church. Yeah. <laughs> and then one year to the day from when we married the two churches is the way I put it. Mm -hmm. Um, I resigned to take my last church where I stayed for 14 and a half years. So, yeah, yeah, a bit of a bumpy journey at points, but you know, I've always said, uh, everything makes more sense in the rear view mirror. Yeah. And, uh, it's only when you take some time to look at circumstances, some of which were incredibly difficult, um, that you see how God, worked and put it all together yeah so when you when 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 the thing happened at the at the one church where you decided to it would be best to just resign um you and pat um you know how how did that kind of mold your family i guess or affect your family um for those you know six months or however long it was so you you know accepted that call or whatever to go to you know, preach for the one church that was starting up? Um, it had a lot of negative effects, to be yeah. honest. And I think some of them are still continuing today. Mm -hmm. um, my four children were all out of high school by then. Um, but some of them are still struggling in certain yeah. areas because of it. Um some of them have come out on the other side and can look back and look at it like Pat and I do. <laughs> I think some of them are still struggling with what happened mm -hmm. uh, and with some of the individuals involved. Um, and I feel badly about that. But when you're in your late teens and early 20s, and things happen, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I think some of them saw it as personal personal attacks on me. Uh, but I, I, I remember reading one phrase during those difficult days, and this is how it went. Keep your face to the sun and the shadows fall behind you. Mm. And it means the yellow ball in the sky, but I think it more importantly means S-O-N. Yeah. Keep your face to the sun and the shadows fall behind. Mm. And Amen. Rather than uh, becoming bitter, um, 
I just have decided, you know, the Lord keeps the books and he knows more about it than I do anyway. And if it's important to him, the books will get balanced. And yeah. So from then on, it was just my personality is full bore ahead. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, then in 2004, I was invited to be the pastor of Etna Calvary Church in White Cloud, Michigan. Um, I would, to be honest with you, I was gun shy as gun shy could be. Uh, even before I agreed to go up there and, and fill the pulpit with the possibility of being a candidate to mm -hmm. be the pastor, I told them I wouldn't even come preach until I had met with the board. Yeah. And uh, that was arranged. So Pat and I went up there and um, I talked with the guys for like three hours. They asked me all kinds of questions. And then they said, do you have any questions for us? And I said, I just have one. And I want every one of you to answer for yourself. Don't, don't answer it like you think Phil would want mm -hmm. you to answer it. Or like you think I might want you to answer it. And my question was, what are you looking for in your next pastor? Because uh, if if more than a couple of them would have said, you know, we want somebody who can keep a really neat office and whose books are all arranged in the Dewey Decimal System and, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. Keep looking because that's not me. Yeah. Um, I've always said for years, I have a really good piling system. <laughs> yep. And sometimes my office looked like it. Um, <laughs> but to a man, they said, I'm looking for two things. Someone who can teach the Bible yeah. and loves people. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if the Lord's in it, then that's me. Because, you know, I love to teach the Bible and I love people. Yeah. And uh, the Lord was in it because I stayed there for 14 and a half years until I retired in 2018. Mm -hmm. Then I thought the world was all done with me and, you know, moved to Indiana to be close to our kids and now grandkids and great grandkids. Um, I thought that when I had opportunities, I would build pulpits. And uh, so I joined an organization that helps with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and for what, almost a year, I filled in different places, um, and enjoyed it. Yeah. And then somebody introduced me to this guy named Jimmy State. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Um, how many, how many churches do you think that you have got to preach and whether that was just a fill for the week or, or, you know, with the churches that you've served in? Because when I've talked to you, Phil, at least in my own life, if there's one person that I know that's like, okay, what's it like to preach in a different church? I'm coming to you and asking. So how many how many churches do you think that you've, you've Well, I did preach some at? preaching in all of the churches where I was an assistant. Yeah. Um, almost none in the one church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then increasingly so in the others. So that would be five, six, seven, eight. 
And then after I retired after 2018 and moved down here, I think down here I have filled in probably whew, less than 10, but close to 10 churches. Yeah. And um, even though I don't preach much here at New Life, um, Pastor Jimmy has given me the opportunity to fill pulpits when I yeah. am asked, and so I still do that once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's what brought me to New Life Fellowship and New Life Ministries. Yeah. And faithful is he who calls you who will do it. And um, so yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. Tell me some positives and negatives throughout your journey so far. Obviously, you talked about, you know, you thought you once you were done there at your at your last church that was it and obviously you're here today. God has a sense of you. Yeah, and it hasn't. So we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Okay. But but tell me just some positives that you've seen throughout your journey, getting to preach in the different churches, getting to serve in churches, lead in churches, and also get to be second, I guess, in charge if you'd say in churches too, because you know a lot of pastors um, probably don't get to experience that to some degree. Um, either they're going to probably go for a lead pastor role or um, maybe they were assistant and then lead and then they're in that church for a while and they might go to one or two other churches possibly. Bigger usually. Yeah, bigger usually. Well, the second pastor I worked with as an assistant was an unusual guy. Mm -hmm. uh, he had more energy than a whole pack of jackrabbits. <laughs> um, he woke up at 5.30 in the morning without an alarm every single day. Um, but whenever he left the church to go to a new church, he always went to a smaller church. Hmm. Very interesting person. I yeah. learned a lot from him. Um, why did he do that? Because he didn't want to be seen as somebody who was stepping stones. Yeah, He's trying to make it climb the ladder. Oh yeah, get bigger yeah. and better and more famous. Yeah. Um, Back when he went to Good News Baptist Church, where I served with him, he left the church that was probably four or five hundred, had just built a new building, and then more recently than that, had put on a big multi-purpose gym sort mm -hmm. of a thing. Um, and then he went to Grand Rapids, Michigan, to Good News Baptist Church. And when he went there, it was running under 100. Yeah. And had a very small building. And um, he was there, I think it was 16 years. And when he left, it was running like 600 and had a nice big building. And so, you know, maybe I learned it from him. I don't know. To not always think you got to go bigger in your next church. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I have, since I've been in Indiana, I have preached in churches from maybe 150 and to one church where Pat and I went on a Sunday and there were four people yeah. besides us. Mm -hmm. And all four of them were ladies. Yep. But they were refusing to lock the door. Mm -hmm. And I admire that. Yeah. Um, and I preach just as hard for them as I would anywhere. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it has been a kind of an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. What would you say some, is there anything throughout your journey? Cause this question, you know, I always think about this type of stuff. Is there, is there any, is there anything you would have been like, I should have done it this way. I made a mistake here. I should have maybe done this a little different. Yeah, I think one thing that would come to my mind is that I hate confrontation. Yeah. With a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of the issue in the one church. Yeah. So I have learned that you can confront issues without being nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in my last church, there was a, every year we had to elect deacons. And uh, I remember a couple names being suggested. And my response was, well, why would you want him to be a deacon? Well, maybe then he'd be more faithful. Mm. And my response was, hey, deacons are supposed to be examples and leaders mm. before they become yeah. deacons. Absolutely. And so, no, I, you know, we're not going there. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them may not have totally agreed with me, but at least they understood my position and didn't pursue it, mm-hmm. which was good because then I would have had to been more confrontational. Yeah, but um, I think probably that would be one big issue. I should have been more uh, positively confrontational in several instances, mm-hmm. but I that's not part of my strong personality. Yeah. So and and it did cause me to have issues. Yeah. Um. So that's probably the biggest one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're here now. Yep. God has brought you through this this <laughs> wave journey, or however you want to say. Forty-three and a half years um, before I came here. You know, and and obviously you've, you've got to experience lots of stuff in your life. I'm not going to mention how old you are or nothing like that. Um, but you've got to to uh, to see you know the world and and see people for for the, you know, for the good and, and for the bad and, and those things as a pastor and, and you get to see people, which I think is such a cool thing. Uh, not that, you know, other people in the church get to see it as well, but, you know, you get to see when someone comes to Christ and that, that journey that God takes them on throughout wherever, you know, whether you're an associate pastor or a lead pastor, you get to see God do a work on somebody that's amazing. I'm sure there are Absolutely. a lot of people that come to your mind that you're like, wow, I I, I remember who they were when they walked into this building and, and look what God has done with them now. And I think, you know, again, like I said, other people get to see that as well in the church. But I do think it's a blessing as a pastor because you're not only watching them, you're all, God's also using you to help and to teach yeah. them and to guide them and disciple them. True. Um, and I think that's an amazing piece. And, and you know, here you, you're the discipleship pastor, um, whatever title that is um, here. But, but you, you 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 make Sunday school materials, things like that, so that we can better learn and, and understand the Bible, which I think you know I love um, to get to do and and to, to get to learn more about. Um, but 
but Phil, let me ask you just something maybe a little bit more personal. Are you happy that you're that you're here? I'm delighted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. Was it Tuesday when we had our staff meeting and Jimmy said something about you know the Lord brought Phil Jones here and mm-hmm. uh, you know at, at at his age some guys are only looking for a cushy place to sit and yeah you know not do anything. That's just not in my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really interesting that I've kind of gone big full circle to back to my roots of uh, all through my schooling for ministry. I was a Christian ed major yeah. uh, involved in helping pick Sunday school curriculum, youth curriculum, all kinds of stuff. And guess what I'm doing mostly now? Yeah. Um, putting together Bible study material for Sunday mornings. Um, and then I think the discipleship part of what I do here is is far more informal than it is formal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot to be said about coming alongside somebody not in a classroom, but just to say, hey, you're doing well. You know, how can I help you do better? Yeah. Uh, and you probably remember when I came in the fall of 2019, sort of as a test run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, if God gives me five more yeah. good years before I'm slobbering in the corner, well, however I put it. <laughs> You know, if I can build into the lives of of young people who yeah. who are eager to serve the Lord, and I think it's more of a mindset than it is, you know, sit down and let me teach you. Um, if I can help motivate and and shape people your age and a little older, um, man, I can. I can have influence for who knows how many more years, even, you know, once I'm not on the green side anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that's what, what motivates me and what I love about being at new life. I'm the oldest person in this church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm not old. Yeah. (laughs) As my mother would say, I'm getting older, but I'm not old. Yeah. Um, And, and that's what really, lights my fire is, uh, you know, yourself and Phil Fisher and, and then uh, how many other people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, you know, that are serving the Lord and, and want to do it and do it well. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it's more of a mindset than it is anything else. You know, how do you serve the Lord, you know, Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Mm-hmm. Come before his presence with singing. Serving the Lord ought to be fun. Yeah. Enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there are hard times. Yeah. Um, so I that to me is what I like best about being here at New Life. But I just think it's kind of the Lord has a sense of humor to take an old Christian ed major and then when he's in his seventies, stick him back in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> which you know 
I've, I've always just wanted to do whatever the Lord wanted me to do. Yeah. I remember when I, when I went from the first church where I was the pastor back to being an associate, people said, what? Why are you doing that? Because I think God wants me to. That's, yeah. you know, bottom line. Plus, I was teaching Bible three hours a day in a Christian school, which, man, I love that for the, let's say I taught total seven years, but four, three years of, you know, pretty much uh, three, four hours a day of teaching the Bible, which was fun. Yeah. Yep. That's so, it. yeah, um, new life is, a, how do I put it? It's an interesting church. Yeah. Um, I've never been in a church like this before in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of the ministries that Pastor Jimmy has felt led of the Lord to start and get going. And now I even, even part of the men's life house where I work two night shifts a week, mm-hmm. working with guys whose lives are totally opposite of my life growing up as a preacher's kid yeah um and then i teach a class at the men's house uh, one night a week so yeah interesting you can only look back and say you know it had to be god doing all that Mm -hmm. i couldn't have engineered it that way yeah you know so it'd been so easy you know i'm trying to put myself in your shoes for just a moment you know, thinking about the ups and the downs and, you know, whether you call them ups or downs, but, you know, this this you know, constant movement of where God wants you to go, you know, can be exhausting for people, can, can, can easily find themselves wanting to give up because they don't see themselves, you know, maybe where they thought they were when, uh, in the beginning where they felt called. And, and there's no... This is what I've learned, at least in the minimal years I've had. It's not always just a one-way street. Oh, no. You know, it's not always just a straight street. You know, there are so many ups and downs and paths in life that, that you wouldn't have chose, but God chose for a specific Absolutely. reason. You know, yeah. when I think about the stories um, that you just talked about with the different churches, you, ever, you, you think God knows that you would have been right here at New Life with the experiences that you've had throughout to be able to share with the other pastors here, um, you know, is, like you said, and I thought I think it's so true, you know, it, it life is easier to see in the rear view Makes a whole lot more sense. Makes a whole lot more sense. And that's so true because as many times I've looked back in my life and, wow, God, you, you, your hand was with me throughout that whole time through the, the hard times to the times where, you know, I wanted to give up or I thought it was going to get too hard. You, I, you know, you just stay faithful and you keep going and you keep going and then you, you get to look back at your life and you get to praise God for, for, yeah, and then for, you think, for what he's done. My goodness, you know, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Why did I go here? Why did I go there? Um, and it's just, you have to conclude that it was God doing his thing. Yeah. You know, Romans eight twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's interesting about my last church full time is that uh, it was back in Nuego County, Michigan. 
where I was actually born and where both of my grandparents lived in that county for most of their adult lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and when my dad left his first church to move further north in Michigan, I thought, well, I won't live here again. And what happened when I was in my early 50s? Right back in New Ego County, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, does God have a sense of humor or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it was humorous, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it really is interesting to see how, how one well, Ecclesiastes you know, talks about God taking the mess of life and then putting it together and making something beautiful out of it. Yeah. Um, just paraphrasing, but, um, yeah. And I end up back in the town where I spent my kindergarten through fifth grade, uh, fourth grade. Um, in fact, one of the men in my last church was somebody I was in school with from first grade through fourth grade. We didn't remember each other, but one Wednesday night we were praying together and I said, so when did you graduate from high school, Al? He said, 1966. I said, oh, that's interesting. So did I. Um, and where did you graduate from, White Cloud? I said, oh, that's interesting. Um, of course, today he still is very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a whole lot to say about much. And I've never been quiet. So I'm sure when we were little kids, I just looked right over his head and, you know, but it was interesting that somebody from my elementary school days shows up at my church. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. And my grandpa Jones was a hog farmer in that area for 50 plus years. And uh, a lot of people, when they found out my name was Jones, would say, you related to Glenn? I'd say, yep, my grandpa. They would say, oh, I bought a lot of pigs from your grandpa, Hmm. Uh, including people in my last church. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, you know, only God can do that. Yeah. So, Phil, what what, throughout your life, what what would be the one thing that that God has taught you throughout the journey of life from when you you first began, you know, that, that first Bible college to seminary to associate to pastor to and so on and so forth to, to right now what's the what's that one thing that god has has kind of taught you over those years be willing to do whatever god leads yeah um what i have chosen some of the path not for me mm-hmm. but god did yeah and i learned things through them I've learned things. I, I would like to say, you know, I try to learn something from everybody I ever meet. Mm-hmm. And in my first church, which was in Northwest Illinois, uh, I taught a college and career Sunday school class with about 25, 30 young adults in it. And um, one person who attended my class was an older lady who was developmentally challenged, but we all loved her and she was in our class. And I remember her one time somebody said, well, what's going to happen to you when your mom's gone? 
because she was not capable of living mm -hmm. on her own. And she said, God's going to take care of me. Mm. That's profound, man. Yeah. Especially coming from somebody who had no visible means of supporting herself. Yeah. And would always be on some form of public mm -hmm. assistance. God's going to take care of me. Mm. Powerful. It works. Yeah. Because he does. Very true. Absolutely. Very true. Even from a, you know, six or seven month period of time when um, if somebody would have asked me about going back into being a pastor, I would have told them to stuff it. Um, but then the Lord opened up a door and even though I was trying to do three things and probably not doing any of them very well, yeah. you know, uh, the Lord used that to move me on to my last church. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not about to tell God what he can and can't do. Mm. I think too many people try to do that. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a, I, I mean, I love that story that you just said because it's so true. God's going to take care of you, especially if you just keep doing what you said. You just keep doing what God calls you to do, where God wants you to go, where yeah. God wants you to stay. Wow, does it always seem like his, his blessed hand is on you. Might not always be roses. Might not be always easy. You know, people aren't roses. People aren't easy. You know, people are messy. And, and as a pastor, you know, you you get to experience the messiness of life, but you also get to experience the blessed hand of God. As a believer, you know, you get to experience the messy people of life, but you also get to experience the blessed yep. hand of God. And it's so much more powerful to be in the hands of God than floating around in, in an abyss of not un, not knowing your purpose in life. So, you know, and, and the reason why I say that is because there's a lot of people who feel called to something, whether that's preaching, whether that's whether that's doing sound in the church, I, well, who knows? But and, and they're unwilling to do it for whatever reason, fear, you know, and the list goes on for why people don't you know, do what God, where God wants them to go. And they don't get to experience a lot of times that blessed hand that God's willing to pour out that blessing on them. And from my own experience, from my own calling to, to, to preach, because, you know, in the beginning of, of mine, I was like, yeah, no way. It's not going to happen. I, I, I hated public speaking. I hated doing presentations. I, I didn't like to talk in front of people. Yep. Yep. You know, my personality, I love people. I always have. I always like talking to people, but it was never, I, I, I didn't want to be on a stage in front of people talking about a specific thing, whatever. Even if I knew that specific thing, it didn't matter. Um, and God calls me to preach, and I said no for, you know, two two years roughly. And, and to be honest, there were a lot of great things that happened in that two years, you know, just in life in general. But wow, did I fear feel miserable in those in those two years because yep. I wasn't doing what I was called to do. One thing that that still amazes me, and you can ask my wife, when I was in high school, I didn't know what the inside of a book was for. Mm -hmm. There were more important things to do, like talking to people and 
having a good time and chasing girls mm -hmm. until she came to town. Um, and then I remember even for school, you know, there were people who the teachers and administrators of the various schools where I went, they had, I can remember three or four specific guys who they were going to be the next star pastor. Mm -hmm. If you can use that term, I guess, guardedly. Yeah. And I remember one guy especially, um, I mean, he was he was considered the up-and-coming guy. And after we graduated, he took a church, and I don't know what happened because I moved away from Iowa thinking I'd never go back. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, you know, just a few years later, I hear that he's back running the family dairy farm. It's like, what? Mm. You know, and here I am, you know, high school voted class clown, most talkative, <laughs> least, no, not least likely to succeed, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and here I am almost 50 years later, and the Lord is still giving me something to do. Yeah. And, uh, and something I love doing, you know, investing whatever time I still have in the lives of younger people, hopefully to plant some seeds of, of them having a lifetime of ministry. Yeah. And it's like, man, you know, God must have a sense of humor because I'm still hanging around. <laughs> um, but you know that's what I what what I love about New Life Fellowship Church is just so many young adults who mm. who want to serve the Lord and uh, the opportunity to to just build into lives mm -hmm. and uh, there's nothing better to do than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil, what would be your final thought if you could say one thing to the people? that are watching and listening on this podcast throughout your pastor journey. What's that? What's your final thought for, for those that are, those that are watching? I'll go back to my first verse. Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. Then we better be faithful. Yeah. Following a faithful guy. Mm -hmm. Amen. I guess that's where I would yeah. put it. Yeah, absolutely. So that concludes our episode for this week. Um, if you like this episode, you can share it with a friend whatever. I'm sure we'll have Pastor Phil Jones on a different episode and, and to talk about maybe something else um, that he's learned that he can share with uh, with those that are watching and listening. Um, if you'd like to, you can subscribe, you can like, you can comment down below if you have um, a request for an episode. Um, you can email us at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Kingdom Faith.